Welcome to Happily Ever After is just the beginning. Keeping your relationship not just together, but happy, and we mean truly happy, is part art and part science. You've come to the right place. Here's your host, Leslie Dorries. I have a confession to make. I am a recovering anger-aholic. I am not going to lie. I remember being angry most of my life. My mother told me a couple of years ago that she remembers that I would hold perceived hurts to myself and then I would explode. And I do clearly remember losing my stuff one day when my sister took a coat hanger out of my closet. And I can tell you it was not about the coat hanger, but the last of a long line of not acknowledging me or respecting my thing. And right now there is a lot of anger in the world. And I have, a, I have some questions. What role does it play in your life? How do you justify it? Because we always do. And what kind of damage is it causing? So my road to recovery came when my husband helped me to realize that my anger was damaging our relationship. So what needs to happen in your life to, think, to rethink the role that anger plays? Well, hopefully today will be a step on that journey because I'm joined by psychotherapist and educator Robert Rannigan to talk about what it would take for you to go anger less. So, Robert, thanks for coming back on the show and talking to me about this really important topic that seems to be everywhere and and there just seems to be this kind of carte blanche for people just to say or do whatever they want to out of anger because, oh, they're justified. So you wrote a piece for the Goodman Project titled, Are You Willing to Be Angerless? And your first sentence struck me. You said, we are the gardeners of the emotions we plant, nurture, and harvest. So what did you mean by this? Thank you. And interestingly, in the background, just as you were, you were talking about anger, one of the neighbors started shooting a, a gun it was, it was loud and scared and scared my dog out of the room oh no yeah yeah, yeah. So, so I could use less of that <laughs> uh, and so could my dog mm-hmm. however if if I challenged that person and said you're impinging upon my rights you know mm-hmm. to peace that could that could be a very challenging very challenging uh, conversation. Yes, and possibly yeah. not a smart one with somebody who has a gun in their hand. Right. Yeah, so less anger is uh, part of what we're here to use as a balancing uh-huh. of, of our lives, to bring love into our lives. Uh, one, of the, one of my teachers is Thich Nhat Hanh, and uh-huh. uh, if you know him, and for those of you who don't, he's a Buddhist monk, and look him up on YouTube. He's very deep and speaks about uh, the use of mindfulness to dissolve and, and uh, learn from anger. Okay. So your, your question of what is the purpose of anger, in a sense, goes in that direction. What, what uh-huh. is that? And so uh, I think 
anger is actually in existence so that we can diminish it so that we can uh, it's like uh, if I expose myself to the sun too much and get sunburned I'll learn a lesson of don't do that <laughs> so except anger is much quicker anger mm-hmm. shows up immediately and so that the question goes very deep and uh, Thich Nhat Hanh's uh, whole culture of he's a Zen monk is looking at looking deeply into anger so he and he says I'll just continue with him that he says anger is a sign that we are missing understanding we are lacking in understanding and that uh, brings us directly to if if you are completely understanding then you are love you are that which understands all and accepts all and you don't use anger uh, except to find your way back to complete love well this is you know this is kind of an interesting idea um, because most of the time anger well and 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 your teacher would probably argue that all the time anger is destructive but aren't there some things that we shouldn't I mean that that are not acceptable in terms of I'm thinking of the way that that people get treated not does that make any sense I'm not sure if that makes any sense that you know um, I go back to you know the civil rights movement probably wouldn't have have happened without people getting angry and and taking action now they didn't you know and of course the whole um, you know movement was a, you know was about you know non-confrontation was more like taking a lot of the stuff which I think is what made it effective but it came it, it had a it had at least had one foot in angry about being very tired of being treated in a completely unacceptable way so is anger you know, I'm struggling with the idea that that it, we have to accept certain things that shouldn't be acceptable, or am I just missing something? No. So the way I'm going to phrase that is, um, can anger help, or is anger is anger always destructive? And what about mm-hmm. equal rights? How did it fit mm-hmm. in there? So I look to the origin of the disproportionate use of power in slavery and the subjugation of genders and races mm-hmm. um, that there is already an anger in existence that is disrespecting other humans okay and in, in that way no we need to get rid of anger anger is a sign that we aren't loving enough we're not understanding how to love uh-huh and I would say that the subjugation of anybody else and the ignoring of their feelings could be uh, deemed as anger. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I I see that 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 does bring it in. So so just say the civil rights movement, a lot of you know the women's movement, some other of these movements of things that are people are um, the gay rights movement all of the people who are trying to claim their right to to coexist peacefully in the world is a reflection or a reaction to already existing anger 
that yeah. kind of what you're saying? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Rosa Parks didn't get on the bus with a baseball bat. Exactly. You know? <laughs> she got on the bus and just took her place. And mm-hmm. uh, she knew that it was wrong culturally to sit where she sat, but she mm-hmm. did it anyway. So a response to anger, a, 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 I would say a kind response to anger. She did us all a favor. I don't, you know, I never got to meet the woman, but she, here, here I am respecting her. Right. So, yeah. Well, and I think that's why the, the nonviolent movement can be so powerful is because you're not meeting hostility with hostility or violence with violence, which, right. you know, it goes to, you know, an eye, you know, an eye for an eye just makes the whole world blind. But you know, it is a very interesting thing, and, and anger is a natural emotion. You know, I, I, you know it, it's one of the easily and accepted, um, easily identified and accepted emotions and it's actually meant to, as you say, to help us to learn something. So what is this concept of being angerless? Because I'm, you know, I always struggle when I, when I talk to people about, you know, you're going to have an automatic emotional reaction to something. Um, anger being one of them, hurt, frustration, you know, some all of the love, you, depending on which emotion you're talking about, you, you'll have this feeling. And my position is acting on it is where the rubber meets the road. So what exactly do you mean by being angerless? So I don't know that I can be exact. Okay. And- <laughs> Um, uh, but though I, I, I know in myself that I'm still learning, um, to use anger less. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, and so the lessening of anger is uh, simultaneously the deepening of understanding. Okay. So if I suppress anger, that's not the same thing as lessening it. That's true. If, if I, yeah, so you, you get that. Mm-hmm. And the willingness, the willingness to be aware of our own anger, you, the, the question you ask is how do we get to, to using less anger? The mm-hmm. way I'm hearing it, you must be aware that you're angry. You must be willing to know that and go deeply into your own uh, story, into what it is that, you know, you remember, you, you know, you shared that you remember the, the coat hanger incident. Mm-hmm. That to me was, a, that was a trauma in your mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. And I've talked, I've talked to people who have every story, I mean, the worst stories. And that doesn't mean that your sister touching your hanger, your hanger, that was good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I said that, <laughs> the hanger story is, mm-hmm. It's an insight into something that's profoundly impactful still in your life. And uh, the how to change that to me comes to using hemispheric balance and uh, overruling the body's existing response to Mm -hmm. stimulus and being 
being kind to the to the younger Leslie and being kind to your sister as well. Now, mm-hmm. and how to, and using your your body and your uh, ability to move your body in ways that depict kindness, depict compassion, rather than yielding to anger. And that so, would include speech. Yeah, so what I'm hearing is it's not the ab- necessarily the absence of anger. We're not trying to get rid of anger. We're just trying to maybe lessen its power, lessen, lessen our reactivity to it. Is, what I'm, is that kind of on the right track? Yes. So if, if you resist your sister's touching the anger still today, that resistance can turn to acceptance. Mm-hmm. You, can, you can allow yourself that room to just be accepting. We're not going to necessarily make a jump to uh, all loving being, <laughs> although I, I don't know that we can escape that either. Well, you know, and I know that that's one of the things that has it's basically been studied and been proven. We know that it exists, that the more compassionate, the the more open we can be to somebody else's experience, the the gentler we are with them. I mean, it's, it's, you know, we do this with our kids all the time. You know, our kids, our kids, I don't want to call it making mistakes because that implies they know that they're, you know, but they, they just act. They do what they do. And then the, at, the, at our best times, we just kind of gently correct them and we're compassionate for where they are. But somehow we seem to lose that when it comes to either our partners or our neighbors or, you know. And so where, why is it that we can be soft, gentle, and angerless with our children, but with other adults, it seems to be more problematic. So the question that you're asking is uh, indicative of uh, a view that somehow my spouse is less worthy mm-hmm. than my child. Mm-hmm. So I minimize, in that position, I minimize my understanding of our connection where I am no longer coming from uh, total acceptance. I'm coming from mm-hmm. partial acceptance. I will only uh, listen to you if you use the tone that I like, or you put the dishes in the dishwasher the way I like that. The expansion of that is less the expansion of accepting that. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I'm making sense is to bring um, love back into into a broader application of interaction. Mm-hmm. Being, being accepting versus being resistant. So it's the degree, Leslie, is what mm-hmm. I get, the, the, the degree of it. And ultimately, we are that. I believe that we are being... Literally, just like the tree out there is being or the bird is being, we are being. Nobody knows how to just really explain that. We mm-hmm. do get to choose what, what and how we are being, though. 
and this inquiry that you're asking, you know, everybody asks, how do I hurt myself less? How can I do this less? And mm-hmm. the choice comes comes back to application of another another choice. Letting go and maybe mm-hmm. replacement. Mm-hmm. Mm. Didn't like letting go. No, I just I find it interesting, and, and I and I agree with you because, and it's funny because I actually have I'm sitting in my office and I have a um, a poem up on my bulletin board right in front of my head, right in front of my um, desk. It's like, and, and the title of it is "She Let Go," and which is why you know, and, and that's sort of what I have been trying to learn to do, especially with my anger, is is to be interested in it, where is it coming from, what is it tapping into, as you said before, and then what do I need to do to deal with it and, and let it go? Because it doesn't, it, it doesn't serve me most of the time. And, you know, my, my husband... So I, I want to challenge on that because that's a critical okay. point. That anger does serve you. Okay. The question is how. You can say yeah. uh, it's hurtful. Yeah. So it doesn't serve mm-hmm. me. I just burn my knees on the wood stove. You know, how does that <laughs> yeah. serve me? How does that serve me? I'm probably not going to do that again. You know, yeah. I'm going to be more careful. So uh, the assumption that anger is a lesson, that's it right there. What, what am I learning right this moment to come back to this moment? I feel terrible right now, you know, it, burning heart, burning stomach, you know, mm-hmm. that there's something wrong in my system that I'm using. And so where, where I'd like to go now, I don't remember if we talked about this when we spoke last time, but that um, about using your body to revisit the original trauma. We'll call it the hanger, okay. hanger trauma. Okay. Did and so what I want to do is I want to hold that. I want to hold that thought because okay. I have to remind people that this is happily ever after is just the beginning on webtalkradio.net. And I'm having a conversation about anger and choosing to be angry less with psychotherapist and educator, Robert Rannigan. And if anger is an issue for you or in your marriage, it doesn't have to stay that way as we're talking about today. And if you really want to change this, if you want help, it's available, but you've got to reach out. So you can call me or send me an email and schedule your free no-obligation strategy session, and you can reach me at area code 919-924-0463. Again, that's 919-924-0463, or you can send me an email at Leslie, L-E-S-L-I, at foundationscoachingnc.com. That's F-O-U-N-D-A-T-I-O-N-S, coaching, and as in Nancy, C is in charlie.com. And I want to get back. Robert, now I want you to say what you were talking about, about using our bodies, because this is, because this was actually the question about how does somebody become, you know, angerless? How do you do this? And, and I know you're about to tell me. So how, what can our bodies tell us? So I'm going to talk to all of the guys who are listening to your podcast who would who balk at the idea of calling you up and asking for help. Uh, yes. That if you pick up your phone and send a text or, or visit Leslie's uh, website or call her, to do that, you must be in touch with 
the feeling of anger that you would like to change. And mm-hmm. that feeling, that feeling of uh, resistance to doing that is the meeting of um, partial understanding in life. It's the meeting mm-hmm. of partial understanding with life itself. And what, what I hear you offering, Leslie, is that uh, people can expand that and coming back, we must use the tool that we store the information in to change the information. Our body is the library. And okay. so if you guys don't pick up the phone or go across the room and talk to your wife in kind words, if you don't do that kind of thing, you still have it to do. My question is, what do you say, Leslie, as this um, higher consciousness evolved, well-intended being, um, what do you say to little Leslie about the hanger? And I'm going to shorten it a little bit, but are you willing to invite her to come live in 2021 with you and be uh, in your life where you can protect her and intervene in uh, the dust-up that happened, you know, back decades ago? Are you willing to help her learn how to negotiate with uh, your family. Yeah, so so actually, yeah, absolutely. Because, because I can't, I can't feel better if I don't. And I know that that, you know, and I talk about this with my clients too, about, you know, what would they say to their hurt, angry six-year-old? Um, and, you know, and how do we protect them and give them now what they didn't get then? And I, that could be a hard concept for people. Um, and, you know, yes. they all, when I first bring it up, they all look at me like I'm crazy, and then we, we work on it, and, and it gets through to them. Because it's like I'm, I'm, not, you know, I'm not immune to any of these things. I mean, you know, um, I've just had the advantage of talking to people like you and doing a lot of my own work that it's like, oh, there is another way to look at this. There is another way to... Um, see how somebody behaves and, and you know, w- with my clients, usually when they tell me their stories, it's like, well, of course you're doing this. How would you, how would you know to do anything other than what you're doing right now? Um, that said, you now have a choice. And this goes back to your, to that first sentence of your article about, about we're the gardeners and we nurture and we bring this up and, and we can choose to look at it a different way. We can choose to be more compassionate. And in my case, it's, you know, I have a lot of compassion for other people, not so much for myself. So that's where my, that's where my stuff has to go because it's like, mm, I have to be, you know, as willing to be as compassionate to myself as I, as I am to other people. Um, What if you say it? Yeah. What if you say that, what do you say that you're learning to make it easier? You're learning for it to be easy or I'm as compassionate to myself. So this, right. This is rehearsal, right? Cognitive rehearsal is Mm -hmm. the psycho psycho babble. And to (laughs) say that is, is you, it's, it's more than just saying it, it's thinking it and it's using the body. So we've got 30 trillion cells who are standing alertly by waiting for instruction. And if I say to them, say to my cells, 
I am not as compassionate with others as I am myself, then they say, okay. And they yeah. use the kind of information that's stored in, to reinforce that. So that's a great example. Mm-hmm. So, and it does matter. I mean, you know, the words we use to ourselves, to the people around us, matter. I mean, you know, people, and, you know, and people will say, oh, is it really just as simple as changing the words I use? And I'm hearing what you're saying is that's the place to start. And it's not that simple, and it's hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because... I mean, it, it's hard. It's it's life-threatening, literally. So I like what you said. It doesn't matter. Mattering is a is a great way to look at this. Will I bring into matter? You know, what do I make bring out of the ether into matter? You know, what do I make form into form? And that's it. Uh, love. Let's bring love and kindness to into matter rather than separation from love, separation from compassion. And so, okay, so I'm going to give you a scenario. So something has just happened, and I am, I am angry. My partner has just said or done something that has, re- that has hit that, that old wound. What do I do in that moment to to not make the situation worse, to not react in, in the harsh, retaliatory way that I'm hurt, I want, I want you to be hurt. What, what do I need to do right now to stop that or to, yeah, to stop it? We don't get to stop it from happening, having happened. Okay. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> we, can, we cannot continue it. Okay. We can go to we can go to our breath and breathe a word that we use in this sort of a situation as a balancing, whatever that might be. So you could breathe in compassion. Okay. And breathe out fear, or you could breathe in, you could breathe in the fear of the other person and breathe out compassion, but immediately using your body and in the engagement in a different way. Is a, is a very valuable and immediate tool. It's just okay. as immediate as, as the response we, we had. So there's another one, another semantic shift for me is I don't get angry and you don't make me angry. Right. I, become, I become anger. Okay. So angry is an adjective we've used to describe a state that we literally become. All my cells become anger. Mm-hmm. All my cells become peace. I can. I will then act peacefully. I will then act angrily. So the choice is: I become, to me, the state, and making it a state rather than uh, a descriptive term of it. Literally understanding that this entire body changes its chemistry, the neurology, everything changes. The DNA shifts, and so back to simple breathing. This is mm-hmm. Thich Nhat Hanh and the, the whole movement of just one breath for peace. We're one, pe- we're one breath from peace. I we need to put that on my bulletin board right above my head. <laughs> 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 and, and I'm only, and I'm only I mean, because I really do think that we all need to see that 
hear that, absorb that all the time, that it is about the choice. And I, and believe me, I mean, this is not something that I came up with and the first time I heard it, I just embraced it and went, oh, this is wonderful. This is an ongoing process. Um, but, it, but it actually started, my process started with a decision. My husband, my, my very wonderful, kind, loving husband said to me, you know, he, he made a comment to me years ago about when I got upset, not if, but when I got upset, could I please not take a flamethrower at everything in its path, meaning him, even if I, I mean, even if I wasn't upset with him, if he was, you know, and, and the statement about nobody can make you angry. I mean, I remember my daughter apologizing to me one day for making me angry, and I corrected her. I said, no, honey, you did not make me angry. I did not like what you did, but I chose to get angry. And she kind of looked at me like, whoa. Um, yeah. Many years after my husband had started me on this journey, but it, it really was a choice. I decided I did not want to do permanent damage to this relationship. So what are some things that people who are starting on this journey should be aware of? So uh, I'll say right speech. Okay. It's very important. Be accurate. And uh, one, you do lots of couples work. I, I ask couples to say I rather than we. Mm-hmm. You know, we just can't get along is much more <laughs> empowering when it's I can't get along. And actually, it's not can't. I'm choosing not to get along. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just in the moment, coming back. So find something that is out of your control you're willing to accept. What is that? You know, how do you defer to the power, whether it's your religion or your understanding of how things grow or just coming back to this acceptance of I am the power of decision. That's what mm-hmm. I am. I am the choice of life to take form as Bob Rannigan and U.S. Leslie. Mm-hmm. You know, and everybody who's listening, you are the choice of life to become. And all we're talking about is how do you monitor that and how do you steer it and, you know, don't run people over with it, mm-hmm. which, we will, which we naturally will not do. We won't do that if we are really here in the present and observing our feelings and working. What you're going towards that I hear is going towards changing a habit. And the habit mm-hmm. has been based on trauma. What's the trauma? Mm-hmm. The anger. The, the anger. I love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the anger. Yep. My anger. Yep. My anger. Mm-hmm. Yep. And we all have those tales. Thank you for sharing yours. That's wonderful. Oh, thank you. So can you tell people where they can learn more about the process that you I'm going to say I, you know, that, that you support, that you believe in, that you also know works because this actually does. It's amazing. Yeah. It does. So what I ask my folks to do is use, use media like YouTube and find teachers on YouTube. And I'd say mm-hmm. go see Thich Nhat Hanh. Have a sit down with Thich Nhat Hanh and listen to him or um, Eckhart Tolle or Ganga G, who's a wonderful uh, mm-hmm. wonderful teacher and 
and practice, practice, practice. And the where of it, um, so the website that I'm staying with now is the Father Connection. And that's where my information is available, thefatherconnection.com. And, but it, um, I'm much more interested in hearing that you're doing this so well and so often and uh, encourage people to call you up, especially you guys. <laughs> Don't be afraid yeah. of your fear. So, I mean, and, and so people, I want you to know that, you know, as we've talked about today, anger is a natural emotion. It can create positive change, but it can also be very damaging. And a lot of the times it is. But as you just heard, you can learn to be in charge of it and not let it run wild through your life and relationships. So what would it be like not to be so angry? How do you think your life and, more importantly, your relationships would change? So hopefully you've gotten as much out of today's show as I have, and hopefully you will keep listening. And until next week, stay loving.